0: Our goal this month is that we would see and know and celebrate and worship our Savior Jesus as never before. I started talking about that last week. That is my hope for this month. That is my prayer for this month. Uh, Well, this week I was thinking again, Satan's goal all year long is to take our eyes off of Jesus. That is his goal. It's not just in this time. It's all year long. Maybe to distract us, maybe to discourage us, maybe to cause us to be consumed in busyness, uh, maybe in some other way. But his goal, especially for believers, is that we take our eyes off of Jesus. Well, I was thinking how just like him that here it is this month, here it is this celebration, the birth of Jesus, and maybe more than any other time, Everything is set to take our eyes off of Jesus. Now, here we come, and it's the month that we celebrate Christmas. It's the month that we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus. And if you think about it, we've got this thing, and we've got this thing, and this thing, and we've got that thing. And if we're not careful, we will celebrate the birth of Jesus, and we will miss Jesus. You ever think about that? That's Satan's goal. We we would have a celebration of Jesus... And somehow we would miss Jesus. Well, again, our goal as a church is to see and to know and to celebrate and to worship Jesus, Emmanuel, the Savior of Christmas. Well, to help us in that, we are this year surveying some of the main people in the Christmas account. There's a lot of verses we could look at. There's a lot of things we could do But we are surveying some of the main people in the Christmas account. Last week, we looked at Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. Today, we're going to look at Joseph. Uh, Next week, we will look at Jesus himself. And the last week, before Christmas, we will look at the shepherds. Again, all of that with the goal that we would see Jesus, that we would know Jesus, Emmanuel, our Savior. This morning, our message is entitled, Joseph, a voice without words. Joseph, a voice without words. Today our verses are found in Matthew chapter 1, today verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in the 18th verse. Joseph, a voice without words. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come today, we praise you, we thank you, we're thankful that as we come this time of the year, we're reminded of the event, of, of Emmanuel, of, of God with us in flesh, and not for any other reason but because of your love and your grace to save us as sinners. And so we come and we exalt our Savior, Jesus. We praise you and thank you for our Savior, Jesus, coming as a man to save people. Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, I pray as we go through this time of the year that we would be wise enough to throw the brakes on, we'd be wise enough to set down some of the distractions and that we would look to you, that we would look to your word, that we would look to our savior. And I pray in this time of the year as maybe no other year, no previous year, that we would be encouraged, that we would be uplifted, that we would be instructed and that we would draw ever closer to you. Lord, I pray for some that do not know you. I pray, Lord, in the hearing of good news today, that they would turn to you and receive you in faith, and in doing so be saved. Lord, I pray that you move in that manner. We lay all this out before you. We tell you we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. you may be seated. It is interesting, as we leave last week, we see young Mary, upon hearing the news, and we see her exalting Christ, as she breaks out in a song. That's what we saw. She receives the news. She is filled with joy. And in her joy-filled response, she breaks out in a song. Well, this week we look at Joseph and not a single word he ever spoke is recorded. Do you know that? Not in the gospel accounts, not in the other books of the New Testament. Not one word that Joseph ever spoke is recorded. And yet we're going to see today he also exalts Christ. He also magnifies the Lord. This morning we're going to look at Joseph through the verses recorded here in Matthew. Now we could have looked at some other places, some other accounts. We're going to draw our message today looking at Joseph here in these verses in Matthew. We're going to start today again with verse 18. Let's start with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows: When his mother Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Now, first off, I, I want you to not miss this. This is far from a normal event. In fact, this is a wildly supernatural event. Now, I think we sing these songs. We see all of the Christmas cards with these verses on it and maybe it becomes normal to us. Maybe we become numb to it. But I want you to see this is an awesome event. This is a a supernatural event. Here in verse 18, a young virgin is betrothed and before she has lived with her husband as man and wife, she is pregnant. More than all of that, This happened, the Bible says, by the Holy Spirit. The child is conceived of God. Now listen, that is unimaginable. That really is crazy. That is huge. And it's in that craziness that we find Joseph. Now I think that's an important thing. You see, we are revealed many times in the situations we are found in. Well, and in this unimaginable scene, in in the craziness Of this scene, that is where we find Joseph. And so here is Joseph. We actually do not know much about him. We do know some. We know he is a descendant of Abraham. That is an important thing. We know he is a descendant of King David. Matthew chapter 1 earlier tells us that. We know that his dad was named Jacob, just like the Old Testament Joseph. His dad was also named Jacob. We know that he lived in the town of Nazareth. Last week we saw it was a small town. It was a poor town. It's about 15 miles from the Sea of Galilee. It's not on an important route. It's not a great trade city. It is a small, poor town. That is where he is from. We know that Joseph worked as a construction worker. Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, if you look up, that Greek word, that's what it literally means. He is a construction worker, most likely a carpenter. We are not sure how old he is at this point. There's a lot of folks who would like to speculate about that. From the cultural norms of the day, most likely he would have been older than Mary, but also most likely he would have still been a teenager. And so this is the process for marrying off of the young people, for marrying the kids of the community. And so culturally, most likely, he would have been older than Mary, but he still would have been a young man, most likely still a teenager. His name, Joseph, in Hebrew means to increase or God will give. Well, verse 18 says he was betrothed to Mary. Now, I want to explain that to you to make sure we do not misunderstand Now, this is more than an engagement. Sometimes we read that and think, well, they were engaged. They were soon to be married. Well, in their culture, it is more than an engagement. At this time, marriage took place in two parts. First, there was the betrothment, where the families usually made the contract, where the dowries were exchanged, and where they were counted as married. And so an agreement is made. These two people will be married. A contract is entered into, a dowry is exchanged, and from that point forward, they are counted as married. During this time, the husband would prepare his home, his finances, his, his things in order to be ready to live together as husband and wife. Well, this period could take a few months or it could take as long as a year. After that point, the second part, would start with a wedding ceremony after which they would live together in a home as husband and wife. Well, here we find he's in the first part. They are in the first part of this process. It says Joseph is betrothed. Mary is betrothed to Joseph. They are two Jewish young people starting their life together. And verse 18 says, And at this point... Mary was found to be with child. Again, the Bible is very clear by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to see this. There's folks that have issues with that. There's folks that try to explain that away. It's happened for years. But I want you to see this. The verse starts, and it says, The birth of Jesus Christ. Now, listen, that's his name. That's also his title, his position. The, The birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. This is what it says. The birth of Jesus Christ was as such. This is how it happened. Friends, I want you to get this this morning. Our salvation is supernatural. Do not be fooled. Our our salvation is supernatural. Our gospel is supernatural. The fact that we can be saved at all is nothing but supernatural. No human work, nothing we could do could help us. The fact that we could be saved at all is supernatural. And so here we find our Savior Jesus is not normal. Listen to me. He is not a man who did good. He's not a man who taught good. He's not a man who worked and became a God. No, supernaturally, he is the Savior from God because he is the Savior who is God, Emmanuel, God with us. And so I want you to be sure of this. Right from the very start, Jesus has a supernatural start. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know if that makes sense. Listen, we have a supernatural salvation. We have a supernatural Savior. All right, verse 19, moving on. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. What do we see about Joseph? It says, and Joseph, her husband, again, they're counted as married already, and Joseph, her husband... What do we see about Joseph? All right, here we go this morning. We're going to look. What do we see about Joseph? Now, I, I broke it down. There are several things. We're going to start right here. The first thing we see about Joseph is he was a righteous man. He is a righteous man. The verse says, being a righteous man. Now, that word, if you look it up, the original language, it translates just, good, upright, correct. That is the description. He is a good man. He is a just man. He does the the fair thing. Most literally, in the context, it translates this, keeping God's commands. And so I want you to see this. Was he a sinner? Yes. Did he need a savior? Yes, no doubt. Yet this is a man who sought to honor God. This is a man who tried to live by God's word. And the result of that is he could be called an upright man. What a testimony that is. Mary's husband's a good man. He's a fair-minded man. You want to see a good man? That's her husband. Her husband is an upright man. And so the first thing we see, he is a righteous man. The second thing we see about Joseph is this. Just like his Old Testament namesake, Joseph was a gracious man. Joseph was a gracious man. Joseph, upon finding out she was pregnant, by the biblical, by the Old Testament Jewish law, he could call for her to be put to death. He could have said, you know what, I've got to protect my image and I've got to guard my pride, and I've got a family name to think about. And he he could have said away with her, and he could have called for her execution. He could have sought to pay her back. He could have said, you know what, I've got to strike back. I've got to even the score. Nobody's going to do this to me. But I want you to notice what he does. Here's what he says. It says, not wanting to disgrace her. Now, I don't know that we go slow enough right there. Not wanting to disgrace her. Remember this town of 300? Remember what I said last week? It's a town where everybody knows everything, just like this town, I think. Everybody, it's a small town, and we know everything, and it's a little old town, and they know everything. I want you to think about this. He was already disgraced. The word was already getting out. If they hadn't heard, they were about to hear But I want you to see this. He was more worried about protecting her reputation than he was defending his own reputation. He was a gracious man. Now, I thought about that. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? Here's the bottom line. It comes from humility. You, know, you want to know why he was gracious? Because he was, he was a humble man. Simple as that. He wasn't so prideful that he let this eat him up. And boy, don't you know he could have. He wasn't so prideful that he let it bother him. He wasn't so prideful that he let it enrage him. He wasn't so prideful that he sat around and said, Oh, I don't deserve this. No, in profound humility, he is gracious to her. Let me tell you something. Ooh, what a perfect home for Jesus to be raised in. Oh, what a perfect home. It's a gracious home. It is, it's not a vengeful home. It's a gracious home. It is a humble father. Ooh, what a perfect home for Jesus to be raised in. Joseph was a righteous man. Joseph was a gracious man. I want you to see this. Joseph was a thoughtful man. Joseph was a thoughtful man. Look at verse 20. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit." Now, I want you to see this. At the end of verse 19, it says, He had planned to send her away quietly. Verse 20 says, But when he had considered this, I want you to notice this. He had decided to be gracious to her before the angel ever appeared. Sometimes we think, well, he had a turning point when the angel appeared. No, he'd already decided, he'd already planned, he'd already considered that he was going to be gracious to her before the angel ever appeared. The word considered, it means weighed, thought it through, evaluated the situation. Here's what we see of Joseph he's not driven by emotion, he's not quick to act, he's not careless. With his decision, he he considered the ramifications. He thought about what would happen, the implications. He planned it out. He was a thoughtful man. What a home for Jesus to grow up in. What a home. It's going to be a thoughtful home led by a thoughtful dad, a thoughtful man. It is a thoughtful home. What a perfect home for Jesus to grow up in. Next thing we find here is Joseph is a needed man. Joseph is a needed man. The angel says to Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Now I want you to see that today and I want you to understand this. God in his wisdom, God in his plan, sends his only begotten son into the context of a home. I want you to take note of that. He sends his only begotten son into the context of a home. A man, a husband, married to, committed to, gracious to, bound to, a woman, a wife. Listen to me, it is a home that Jesus will be born in. It is a home that Jesus will be raised in. It is a home where Jesus will be protected, where he will find provision. It is in a home that Jesus will be cared for. It is in a home that Jesus would be loved. And that home is a man and a woman committed in marriage. This past week, our United States Senate approved what is called the Respective Marriage Act. It's no way that. The Respective Marriage Act stamps the federal government's approval and recognition and acceptance on same sex marriage. Folks, listen to me today, listen very carefully. You can call it what you want and you can vote what you want. But listen to me, it is not a marriage and it is not a home. And it is no way to raise kids, and it is a sin hated by God. And let me tell you something else. Left unchecked, it will result in the destruction of our nation. If we don't do something about that, if there's not a changing of hearts, it will end in the destruction of our nation. I read this week, this is the opening of churches losing their tax-free status. Well, I hope this is on video, brother. Start here first. It is a sin before God. It is not a home. Jesus graciously, kindly is placed in the care of a home. That is God's plan. Next, Joseph was a righteous man. He was a gracious man. He was a thoughtful man. He was a needed man. The next thing we see this morning, Joseph was a faithful man. Joseph was a faithful man. Look at verse 20. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Praise the Lord, for He will save His people from their sins. Verse twenty-two. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah seven fourteen. Verse twenty-three. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God. With us. First part of verse 24, and Joseph awoke from his sleep, and listen to this, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, verse 25, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. Listen to this. The biblical record of Joseph doesn't have any of his words. The biblical record of Joseph doesn't have a speech, doesn't have a song that he wrote. But the biblical record of Joseph is, when he heard what the Lord said, he did what the Lord said. He trusted God. He took him at his word, and Joseph was found faithful. Do you know that's the record of Joseph? He heard what God had said, and he took him at his word, and he was found faithful. Be sure today The mark of faith is obedience. The mark of faith is to obey. Listen, it's not lip service. It's not bold declarations that folks like to make. It's not some big show. And without a word, Joseph exalts the Lord. Without a word, he magnifies the Lord because he is obedient. Remember, the Old Testament Joseph, thrown in a well, he's obedient to God. Placed in a strange land, he's obedient to God. Situations he can't understand, Potiphar's house, the prison, the head of a nation, he is found obedient to God. And because of his faithfulness, because of his humility, because of his graciousness, a people are preserved. God works. Well, I want you to think about this, Joseph. Here he is, and he's misunderstood. Why doesn't he defend himself? Why doesn't he guard his family name? He doesn't have to take that. Here he is, and he's misunderstood. Here he is, and it's a situation that's impossible to understand. She is conceived of God. That child is the son of God. It's impossible to, to wrap your mind around, and yet what is he? He is obedient to God. So guess what? God works and he without recorded words becomes part of God's redemptive plan. He's obedient. Joseph is a righteous man. Joseph is a gracious man. Joseph is a thoughtful man. Joseph is a needed man. Joseph is a faithful man. The last one is this. Here's where we end it. The last one is this. Joseph is a blessed man. Joseph is a blessed man. Now he's blessed in many ways. I started to think about that. There are many ways that he is blessed, but one of the greatest is found at the end of verse 25, and I truly believe this. The end of verse 25 says this of Joseph, and he Joseph called his name Jesus. In this time, the father was mainly responsible for naming the child. In this time, the names were not thoughtless or flippant, but they carried great meaning. The names were meaningful. There was a meaning usually attached and portrayed in the name. Most of the time, the sons... And for sure the firstborn son would be named after the father or a variation of the father's name. And so it is a meaningful time. Watch that. It's a celebrated time. We've had a child, and these days have come and passed, and it's time to name that child. It is a celebrated time for that father. It was a prideful time. We're going to name our children today. Oh, it was a celebration And on the eighth day, that son would be presented before the ritual circumcision, and the dad would call the name of that child, call the name of that son. And at that point, it became official. I want you to see this. For this baby, the gospel of Luke says, and on the eighth day, the parents, Joseph and Mary, prepare for the ritual circumcision of Jesus. And the Bible tells us in the two accounts at that point that Joseph calls him Jesus. On Joseph's part, he was not named in pride, but he was named in humility. On Joseph's part, he was not named in pride, but he was named in obedience as the angel has said to do. And this son is not named after Joseph, But no, he is named after his heavenly father. And it's not done with some thought up meaning, but it carries with it a divine meaning. It means Yahweh saves, God saves. And in obedience, Joseph says on that day, his name is Jesus. Friends, I want you to listen to me this morning. I want you to hear me this morning. And in that moment, in that moment, officially put into the record and spoken by a good-needed, humble, faithful man, there is now a name. There is now a name to the promised Christ. There is now a name to the seed of Abraham. There is now a name to the root and the offspring of David. There is now a name to the hope of sinners. There is now a name at which demons tremble and in which kings will bow down. There is now a name which is above every name. There is now a name by which sinners can be saved. The Bible says it is the only name. There is now a name that would cause angels to rejoice. There is now a name worthy of a thousand tongues to sing. There is now a name for the broken to whisper. There is now a name for the redeemed to shout. And in that moment, listen to me, it is official. His name is Jesus. What a name, what a name, what a name. I wonder about that scribe, this unsuspecting registrar on duty for the state. I wonder about this scribe. I watch him as he unfolds his books. Another couple's come in, he unfolds his books the official records are laid out and I picture this scribe and he says name Jesus Yahweh saves writes it down mother Mary he writes it down father <laughs> Mary starts to say something she stops Joseph starts to say something. He stops. Where's the angel when you need him? Father? It's complicated. I'll put Joseph. Birthplace. Bethlehem. City of David. Hometown. Nazareth. Oh, another Nazarene. That's probably what he said. He thought... Nothing good comes from there. There's a box there. Firstborn, he checks it with flair. Firstborn. And there it is done. Congratulations on your son. And they turn to leave. And there is a page drying in ink. Not only does it contain the name of a son, but it contains the name of their Savior. This scribe had just written his Savior's name. Mary and Joseph, they they had just named their Savior. In fact, the Bible says this, for all the world, every sinner, every person born, for all the world, there is a name, Jesus. The ink dries, the book is shut. The book of Acts, it says, and there is no other name that's been given among men by which we must be saved. The Gospel of John says there's no other name that we could be saved. It's in Jesus. Let me ask you this morning, do you know Jesus? Do you know the Savior, Jesus? Do you know the perfect Lamb, Jesus? Do you know Emmanuel, God with us? The only one that could save in the position with the power to save. Do you know Jesus? I want to tell you this morning, he loves you. No sin is too great, no distance is too far. He loves you. And I want to tell you, he's made a provision for you, not in some person's sin, but in himself who came. He paid the price of our redemption in his own blood, this baby. Paid for it in his own death. Do you know the name Jesus? Paid in full to die. They place him in a grave, this same baby, this same Savior. Three days later, he walks out, and he is the victor over death, paying the price for sin. He has a stamped receipt in his hand, and it is the same Savior, same name, Jesus. Do you know him today? If you'll call upon him, he'll save you today. If you'll turn to him, he'll save you today. If you've never trusted Jesus, listen to me. We have our Savior. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. Praise the Lord, Jesus. Praise the Lord. We lift you up. We praise you. We thank you. Dumb people, hard-headed sheep, selfish people, people that turn their own way, people that know better, still rebel, people that have turned against you. Lord, you send a Savior. Jesus, you are that Savior. You come and you live a life of no sin. that We couldn't do. You pay a penalty we couldn't pay. You pay to yourself. You stand as the risen lamb. And Lord, there's hope in you today. And I praise you for that. I pray for some that are hearing this that haven't claimed you as their Lord and Savior. I pray that today in the hearing of good news, born for them in the city of David, is a Savior, Christ our King, our Lord, our Savior. Lord, I pray that they would receive you today. I pray that they would turn to you today. I pray that any hindrance to that happen would be removed today. And I pray that today would be a day of salvation and salvation would ring out as lost sinners turn and claim the name, the person, the hope of Jesus. Lord, I pray for us as believers today. I pray as we've come and we've assembled, I pray, Lord, as we come and we get distracted and we get pulled in many directions, maybe we come and our hearts are filled with other things, maybe it's busyness, maybe it's bitterness, Lord, I pray that at this time we're able to set all that down so we have a hope that endures. We have a peace that stands. We have a Savior born and recorded on this day, exalted and living on this day. Lord, I I pray that our hearts turn toward you, that we draw closer to you. And I pray the fruit of that is this Christmas season. We exalt you, we praise you, we worship you, we love you as never before. Lord, we ask the time of, of conclusion to our service that you have spoken, that you would continue to speak and I pray, Lord, if there are decisions to be made, that the, the, any pride, anything that would re- hinder those things would be removed. And I pray that those decisions will be made for your glory. Lord, we tell you, we praise you. We thank you and we love you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our service with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I want to tell you the, the truth of this day is this. We have a Savior. We have a hope in the person, Jesus, Emmanuel. God with us. If you'll turn to him, he'll save you today. If you've never done that, I want to encourage you at this time to come and let's settle that today. If you need more information, you come. Let's talk it through. Let's see what God has said in his word. Let's settle that today. He'll save you today. Don't walk out of here without that settle. Maybe you're here and you've trusted Christ but never followed in believer's baptism. The Bible says it's always after we know what it is to be saved. It's always after salvation, not part of it. So maybe you need to come and say, yes, I'm a follower of Christ, and I need to follow a believer's baptism as a testimony to Christ and obedience to Christ. You come. It be a great time of celebration. Maybe, maybe you want to come and say, no, I've been led to this church, and I've prayed about it, and I believe God has led me here. You come as well, and together we'll uphold his word, standing on his truth, exalting his name until he comes again. Maybe you want to come and pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come and pray with me. No, Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. I'm going to ask that no one would head for an exit or stir about, but you would pray for those who are making decisions. If God has spoken to you today, as we stand and sing, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here at the front. You come on. I'll meet you here at the front.